Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness field broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UDR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. Well, good evening there, Urban Glory Radio listeners. This is Selena, one of the leaders here at Urban Glory Campaigns. Uh, Again, we are delighted to um, have another broadcast celebrating Women's History Month. And this month we highlight women of the present that are trekking the way for uh, young ladies that are coming uh, behind us um, in various areas within music, business, and ministry. And today you have a treat. I have with me on the line a young woman who uh, my husband and I were introduced to some a couple years ago, um, who you'll find out things about her life and, and uh, ministry development as we go, go further into the interview tonight. So Courtney Mills is on the line. Well, I am very honored to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Well, Courtney, as I've started with uh, the other interviews that we've had in the in this particular month as we celebrate Women's History Month, um, I want to start with the question of what significance does this month have in your life as as a woman of God that is uh and I'll, I'll let you talk about what what you're what you're doing. Okay, well, first off, this month is uh very special to me, very significant to me. I think for me and I think for a lot of other women out there, it doesn't just, you know, show or give us a great appreciation that, okay, you're a woman, that's it. But it talks about the significance of being a woman. It talks about that, you know, women are more than just homemakers. We're more than just cooks. We're more than just, uh, you know, beings that clean the toilet or scrub floors. But, we, but you know, it also speaks that, you know, women can be used mightily by the hand of God as well just like men can. And, you know, just right. like, you know, God was faithful, you know, to use some of the women in the Bible, like Deborah and Anna, you know, the prophetesses, you know, in the Bible. He can use women like that of that magnitude in today's culture. And I think a lot of times we have a tendency to uh, put women in the box, unfortunately. And I feel that a lot of women have been shut down in the church. They have mm-hmm. these awesome anointings and they have these incredible giftings that God has placed on the inside of them, but they don't have a platform or they feel threatened um, or or at least maybe shy away from the gifting or the word of God that God has put forth in their belly to speak forth. But I feel that this month is just, um, you know, giving restitution as well as just shedding light on women that, hey, God can use you too. God has not forgotten about you. Um, Absolutely. That you're, that you're not a... How do I say you're not um, invisible, you're not wallpaper, but that God has a place in this world 
and an assignment for you to fulfill as well. So it's just shedding light on the importance of a woman, um, what we are and what we're not, what our role is in society, and how God views women. So I feel that's very important and very encouraging to young women as well as women before us uh, that have gone on our behalf in ministry. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely, absolutely. And as she has um, definitely represented with the words that she's stated and expressed so far, uh, tonight we're highlighting the ministry that we as women have in the body of Christ, Um, not only in the body of Christ, but evangelistically and outreach-wise. We are called to ministry. And beyond what we all in the body are called to as far as the ministry of reconciliation, but we have ministry gifts. We have ministry gifts, and just as a male uh, counterpart is supposed to answer the call that God has placed on his life, we as women, um, in spite of not being embraced and not being um, pushed often by those who are supposed to um, help us in answering the call, those who are called to, to watch over our souls if we're in a local church um, under, as we say, a pastor or working with someone um, in ministry, sometimes we're limited to working administratively um, or like basic administrative functions, but not the ministry administrative functions of of ministry, laying on of hands and (laughs) preaching and prophesying. We're called to do that. Uh, Talk, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Courtney, tell our audience, um, who who is Courtney Mills? Who would you say you are um, as a as not only a woman of God, but a, a woman uh, walking the earth right now? Like, who who are you? Um, how has your life been? Uh, briefly, um, talk about your upbringing, things of that nature. Okay, uh, certainly. Um, well, really, the best word that I can really describe myself right now is I, I for one I don't have a title, don't need a title, but um God spoke this to me years ago before I started um Bible school. Well actually, you know, a year before I started Bible school, he said, Daughter, I'm calling you to be a servant. I'm teaching you how to be a servant. Um there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately are rushing to the pulpit. They want to be seen they want to be used by God, which is not a bad thing, but it's really about the motive of the heart. It's really about the intent of the heart. Why do you want to be used by God? Do you want to be used Absolutely. by God to bring him glory, or do you want to be like Simon the Sorcerer to show how powerful and mighty you are? Um, yes. You know, I mean, unfortunately, that that's the case with a lot of people that are starting out in ministry, and unfortunately for those that are currently serving in ministry. But really the the best way to describe myself, who is Courtney, um, She's learning how to be a servant, and, um, you know, I hate to say this, but until that point, I didn't know what a servant was. Up until this point, I have to say, sadly, I did not know what a servant was. Um, I had a misunderstanding of, you know, what the anointing was for and why it was used, but I thank God that God gave me grace and God placed me under such great men and women of God that taught me about the anointing, taught me about the fire of God, taught me about the purpose of the anointing and how as believers it's not just for people in leadership, but it's for every believer. Um That's right. you know, so I'm 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 grateful for that. You know, and I'm I'm grateful to be connected to you and, and Reverend Breveland, you know, who has also introduced this concept to me as well about the anointing and the fire of God walking in humility. 
Um, God, I can say this, God really tr- truly does know how to look out for his kids. He knows exactly who to connect you to, when to connect you to, because who you connect, who you are connected to, you will become like eventually. So connections are everything, I believe. Um, my life to this yeah. point, I must say, for God preparing me for ministry has not been easy. Um, it has been a rough one. But um, in all honesty, I would not trade um, one second of it because any man or woman of God that's called to greatness, uh, their road will never be easy. If I ever hear anyone say, oh, I got to this point very easily, I I really truly wonder, did God call you? (laughs) If you read throughout, you know, (laughs) exactly. I think you can attest to what I'm saying, uh, First Lady, but um, anyone that, if you read throughout the Bible, you know, great men like David or or Gideon um, or, you you know, people like that or even the – disciples, you know, that were that followed Jesus, that were used by God mightily, um, they do not have easy roles. A lot of them may have been overlooked by people. They may not have had many friends or even been uh, recognized in the, you know, standing arenas of, of great men and women, you know, in the government, but God saw their heart. And like I said initially, it all comes down to the matters of the heart. God chooses to use the, you know, less significant, foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I guess God chose to use me because I'm probably considered foolish and insignificant in the world's eyes. But it's really all about humility. But my my life has been very um, difficult. I've had to go through a lot of things. I've had to go through a lot of challenges. But um, God has graced me to this point, and God is teaching me, um, daughter, you know, everything that you've gone through, every setback that you have had, every disappointment that you've had, it's, it's really just in preparation for where I'm taking you. Where it looked like the enemy overcame you, it's just me using it as ammunition towards the enemy later on. Because how can you minister or, and speak on something that you've never been through or gone through? You can't, when you're ministering, mm-hmm. you can't talk at people. You've got to talk to people. It's really God's right. voice. It's the mouth. Exactly. It's really God's voice speaking through you to relate to the people. So how can you go through things if, if you, how can you minister on something and talk about something you've never gone through? People are going to be like, well, I can't relate to what you're going through. You can't see my pain, but God does. So how is God going to relate to that person? He's going to use you. He's going to use your hands. He's going to use your feet. He's going to use your mouth to be able to touch his people. And unfortunately, we don't like to go through stuff. We got to go through some things. Everybody wants the anointing. Everybody wants the glitz and glamour of looking good and bestowing God's glory. But for one, God's not going to share his glory with anybody. That's the first thing. But number two, (laughs) you say you want the anointing, but are are you willing to go through the fire to get it? Are you willing to have intimacy? with the Holy Ghost to, in order to obtain the anointing because that's how you get the anointing. Not just reading the word of God, but it comes through relationship. You know, in the Bible, you know, Jesus was telling his disciples, I don't call you my servants, but I call you my friends. See, when you're friends with somebody, you share intimate things with them. You wouldn't share intimate things with a stranger or with, a, mm-hmm. you know, or with someone that you don't trust. You share them with friends. So, how can God trust you with the true riches if we can't trust you with small things, in, you know, in regards to obedience? Everybody wants you the know, anointing. Yes, ma'am. No, I was just going to say, I, I, and I have to say, uh, as you were talking about uh, challenges or tribulations, persecutions, things of that nature, uh, challenges that we deal with 
as uh, people of God, not just when we answer the call to ministry or when we're called to ministry, but just people of God, period. The scripture tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. And Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, the scripture says. So he, as the Son of God, coming to earth and displaying for us how we're supposed to interact, not only with mankind or humanity, but with God the Father, he showed us in all points how to live. And he was tempted, as Scripture says, in all points. So he can relate to us because he became relational. And so yeah. with with that, with us seeing that, especially in the season that we're coming into, with the in, in the in the calendar uh, in America, yeah. we we uh, celebrate Resurrection. We celebrate the world calls it Easter, but we call it a Resurrection season. Um, what Christ did for us. Um, and hearing you talk, I, I got really excited concerning the ministry aspect <laughs> when you're talking about that because um, often in church it's either one extreme or the other. We talk so much about what we go through that we forget to talk about the, the glory or the triumph that comes yeah. with it. Or yeah. we talk so much about glory and triumph that people don't get a great picture of what we go through. But Jesus yeah. was tempted in all points as we are and showed us the glory and the triumph that came after it as well, not only overcoming the world, but but we're able to live by faith because of what he did. And it's, it's just awesome. And we display that not only as believers but in ministry. And when we overcome these things, the scripture says when you're converted, strengthen your brother. And as we go through things, like you said, we're able to have a relational aspect or dynamic when we speak to people, yes. to them, like you said, and not at them. And I've yeah. seen, I know you have, you, you, when, you, when you talk about it, you talk from a point of experience, where you've seen people talk yeah. at persons rather than talking to them, preaching exactly. at them rather than preaching to them. Exactly. Yes, that is, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And you know what, <laughs> um, you, when we were talking, when we were talking, uh, Courtney and I, audience, we were talking the other day, and we are talking about just going through challenges and how there's a sense of gratefulness that comes about because yeah. you realize that it's often not about you, but it's about exactly. what's going to come through you. So it makes you all the more excited because it's like there's something huge is going exactly. to happen, and God often uses us in the areas that we um, have experienced trouble, yeah. um, and, and the anointing. Exactly. And something just came to me as you were talking. My um, spiritual father told me this one day when he was teaching a class, um, he said that the area that the enemy attacks you most in is where your anointing lies. And mm-hmm. that really hit me like a ton of bricks because there have been certain areas in my life, even looking back over my childhood, the enemy always attacked me in. And I always used mm-hmm. to think I was crazy, maybe something's wrong with me. But when my spiritual father said that to me, I said, wow, it makes sense. Evidently, God yeah. is going to use me mightily in this area and I say that with all humility. So I'm just telling all the view all the hearers out there that are listening to this broadcast, look at your life, examine it very closely and, and just pinpoint an area that the enemy seems to always be attacking you in. It could be your health, it, it could be your finances, it could be um your your mind. I, I don't know what it is, but only you and God know. If it's finances, yes, it could be something that you're doing. It may require you to put the credit card down or cut up the credit card. It could be maybe you need to tithe or, or whatever. Or it could just be maybe the enemy is attacking you in that area because God is calling. <laughs> he's going to put wealth in your hands 
to fund the That's end time right. harvest because he trusts you. Why would the enemy attack you so hard if he didn't see you as a threat? Um, right. You know, so evidently if the enemy keeps attacking you in that area, you know, evidently he, he sees you a threat because the enemy is never going to come after something that he's not intimidated of. So evidently, right. you know, the demons of darkness and the enemy evidently see something great in you saying, hey, I got to take him, I, I got to take her down. She's going to destroy my kingdom. So, you know, just be encouraged and just, I would just say, keep seeking God's face and just know that you're on the right path. When you go through these hard times and when you go through the crushing, when you go through your Gethsemane moment, this is not the time to put your your head in between your legs and, and duck and, and run. But no, this is the time to press into God even more, saying, God, what is it that you want me to do? Okay, the, the heat is being turned up on me. That's fine. Evidently, your glory is going to bestow it upon me like never before. You're, you're going to show in and show out for me, evidently. That's Evidently, true. you got something big for me. So I'm, I'm not going to run away from God, but I'm going to run towards God because God has something special for me because the enemy would not be trying to keep me away from you if it wasn't something great that's going to come out of this. So I just want to encourage the listeners with that. That That is also that's outstanding. Courtney, let's talk about your uh, ministry development first. Okay. Um, is audience, as she said, she is at a, um, as I would call it, a transitional point in, um, as it pertains to ministry, that often is not highlighted, often is not something that um, people take joy in. But the scripture says that Jesus was trained by those who were in the temple. And yes. he began to speak, of course, what the Father said, that he was trained under two different teachers, as the scripture says. But we won't talk about that development stage. And Courtney is at that point of uh, development. And I wouldn't tell you, Courtney, it doesn't end. Uh, <laughs> it never Trust ends. me, I've learned that and, <laughs> a long time ago. Woo, Jesus, that's an understatement. <laughs> Lord Jesus, Um, that's so true. So, so talk about that. Um, And and I I said that from a point of experience because, um, and as I mentioned to you uh, personally on on the phone the other day, that um, there's times and seasons where God kind of pulls us to the side and teaches us something new. Often, almost kind of flipping our whole theological perspective from what we had before. And it's like, oh my gosh, God, you just totally changed. My mind concerning your work, there's so many layers of revelation. Um, Talk about that. Talk about your uh, ministry development, answering answering the call and things of that nature. Okay. Well, um, first off, you know, ever since I was a little girl, um, I always somewhat had a relationship with God. I I didn't have a, a you know, growing up, I didn't have a concrete, strong one like I do now. But I knew God always spoke to me, even as a little kid. I, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, understand God in his fullness like I do now. But as a little girl, God would even speak to me. He would uh, you know, to me through dreams and through visions. And at the time, I didn't know I was having a vision. But, you know, that, that even God even then was speaking to me in that magnitude um, yeah. then. And um, like I said, my, my family always said that, you know, Courtney, you're going to be great. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But I didn't understand that as a little kid back then. I just said, well, let me just be focused on being a little kid and just, in, just doing Courtney, you know, sort of speak. 
But, um, you know, as I became older, you know, I started, um, you know, experiencing certain things. Um, You know, like most kids, they go through, well, I don't want to say most kids, but there are some kids that experience rejection or they experience being misunderstood or, um, you know, mistreated, whether it's verbally or, you know, you know, whichever way you would, you know, explain it in that way. I've I've been through um, a lot of things, you know, being misunderstood by, um, you know, friends or people that I associated with, I've, I've been called weird, I've uh, been called strange, you know, what's wrong with you? I've had a lot of people to back away from me, walk away, and I didn't do anything wrong. And, and I always found myself by myself. So, you know, not only was I an only child growing up, but I think I take comfort in knowing that, Not like I said, not only was I an only child, but I also did not have a lot of friends growing up. And back then, I used to see it as a negative thing. I used to think, you know, something's evidently wrong with me. I'm reaching show or <laughs> I felt like um, E.T., you know, the alien from back in the day, yeah. how he was strange. <laughs> I, I know that sounds strange, but that's what comes to me. But as I got older and as I came to a re- have a relationship and intimacy with Christ, the Lord explained to me, look, I connect you to the people that I want to connect you to. Courtney, I never intended you to have a lot of friends. So all the, the pain and all the hurts, all the uh, painful experiences that I had on the playground in junior high and in high school and even in, in college, you know, it's really preparation for what is for what God is uh, preparing me to step into now, you know. So um, it's, it's not an easy um, thing to answer the call. And one thing I have realized is that God prepares you, you know, as soon as you enter the womb. It's like you step out on stage as you are going through your mama's birth canal. Mind you, just like God told Jeremiah, I ordained you as a proclamation before you entered into the world. It's amazing how God just starts you off at the starting gate right as soon as you (laughs) enter your mama's, really before you enter your mother's womb. But when you step out and when you cry, when you are born out of your mother's birth canal, it's like, hey, it starts. You have no moments rest. <laughs> Probably the only, only moments rest you get is when you're resting in your mama's room, room for nine months. But God pre- begins to prepare you, even from the day that you're born, um, you know, going through different situations. And you look back and you're saying, God, why did I go through that? That's not fair. I wasn't treated right. They shouldn't have said this. Why did they walk away? da 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 but God, and all of that, God is right there with you. Even though it looks like he's not, he's right there and he's teaching you, okay, I'm teaching you how to take rejection. I'm teaching you um, how to rely and put your strength in me. I'm teaching you how to not put your trust in man, but put your trust in me. Because you have to understand when yeah. man walks away, God is still going to be there regardless. That's right. You can never get away from that fact. So through those lonely moments or what I call lonely moments at that time, looking back on it, I thank God for those moments because those people didn't need to be there. But, um, you know, God is teaching me to just trust in me and just enjoy me because if you can't enjoy me, how are you going to enjoy someone that you can see, you know? So up to this moment, God has really been preparing me, you know, through these wilderness seasons. And there was a time when, you know, I did have a, a, a you know, comfy little uh you know, a certain group of friends that, that were there for me or confidants. Again, I, I never had a lot of friends, but the people that were close to me at that time, you know, they were around, but it was only for a season. But the closer I, you know, became to God, the, you know, the more God pulled those friends away because it came to a point. Uh, first lady that I was actually running to them more than I was to God. I would go yeah. to them to the point where I would say, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for this? And you have to understand God is a jealous God. 
Um, God says, thou shalt have no other idols before me. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, but I, I really feel to stress this, a lot of times we have a tendency to make our spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers in, in the Lord and even our leaders that we revere and that we have high respect for, we have a tendency to sometimes make them the Holy Spirit, and we're not even aware of it. We have a tendency to run to them more than we run to God. And, again, I'm not I'm not coming against you praying with someone, but you have to get to the place you have to mature in your relationship with God to the point where you realize, you know, I got the Holy Ghost. I got greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world living on the inside of me. So I can tap into God whenever I need to. I don't have to go through a priest or I don't have to go to someone to touch God on my behalf. I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. So why do I have to run to somebody? And God had to say, hey, you're running to them more than you're running to me. Do you have a relationship with them or do you have a relationship with me? So it got to a place where just everybody, and I'm I'm at that place right now, as a matter of fact, where there's no one around, you, you don't. You feel like you don't have a spiritual covering. You feel like no one is there with you. If something were to happen to you, you're wondering, Lord, who would know, who would care? But God says, daughter, I'm standing right here. I am teaching you in this season that you have to be able to hear my voice. Your hearing and and your discernment has to be so, so sharp and so keen to the point where if I tell you step right three centimeters, you'll be able to because it's going to come to a point in this country that, you know, it's going to depend on life or death. It's going to, you know, result yeah. in life or death, whether or not you hear my voice or not. And when you have too many voices in your ear, and this could be voices in the church too, not just the world, but voices yeah. in the church, you can miss God. You can miss the move of God. God could be telling you, hey, move over here. But you're still over here because your leaders or your pastors or whoever you're connected to, who you respect, is telling you to stay here, but you got to get to the place, everyone, where God's mm-hmm. voice drowns out everyone else's voice. No one else's voice matters, but, but that's the season that I'm in right now, and God has really been teaching me about trust and about intimacy with him because before I had a very um, shaky uh, relationship with God, I, I had a very hard time trusting God. So, you know, that's where I'm at Many with the Holy Ghost. Go that. Yes, yes, ma'am. Many of us go through that and and often don't admit that that's happening. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking about how the scripture says uh, in all our ways to acknowledge him and he will direct our path. And the Lord shared with me uh, a couple of years ago um, some revelation concerning that scripture and our trust towards him. Now, first of all, yes. in Hebrews 4, it talks about there's a rest for the people of God, and we have yeah. to labor to enter into the rest. And and a major aspect of resting in the Lord is having complete trust and confidence in him that he really does have our back, and he yeah. knows what he's doing. And and just really just trusting that he has us, no matter what situation we're dealing with, no matter what's going on with family, health, finance, whatever area of our life, that he has us the whole time, no matter what fire fiery darts are coming at us, that he has us. Uh, and in every way that we acknowledge him is a path of that way that he can direct. If we don't acknowledge him in our way or ways, that path is blocked for him to direct Amen. us. And so we wonder why in, in certain areas we're doing okay, but in other areas of our life, 
God doesn't have access to because we haven't given him access. Exactly. And so it's all jacked up. <laughs> exactly. So we on. have to trust him with everything. <laughs> jacked up like a fruit roll up. <laughs> <laughs> jacked up like a fruit roll up. That's how I say it. <laughs> trust me, I understand. Yeah, and I want to encourage you and then also the listeners that are in the, the – you, you hit something that's very, very uh, touchy as it pertains to uh, the body of Christ. When you're in a place, and I'm going to be very, very uh, particular on how I word this, when you're in a place okay. or position um, spiritually where you are trusting God for connection as far as the yeah. local church body, there are a lot of people – um, in fact, Reverend Breland and I have talked about this in conversation. There are a lot of people who attend local churches on a regular basis for the wrong reasons. Yes. They will go because their natural family is there, but God has not led them there. Or they go yes. because they're like, well, i got to go somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And they they tolerate and subject themselves to spiritual abuse. Yes. And oh. mistreatment and demonic activity that's happening yes. in some of these buildings that are labeled as houses of worship, but they're not houses of worship. And some of the places that are labeled that are houses of worship of men and not of God. And so yes. people are subjecting themselves to. So, what do you do when there's not a house of worship that is that you can really consider the one that God sent you to? You trust God to show you where. And until then, you continue yes. building your relationship with God. Um, there's yes. several people actually recently that I've run into that or or have a friendship with some type of relational dynamic where I've I've been in a position to have to say that. Um, and mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting because growing up in the church, um, I have heard, especially in the denomination that I grew up in, I've heard over and over again. It was kind of legalistic the denomination I grew up in, and um, you, you got to have a covering, and it, it's like. It, and the way the way that it's presented is as if there's supposed to be a human lording over you. Exactly. And I'm the so scripture said says, that. "Do not lord over God's people." They, Come the on. people of God already have a lord. Jesus is Come, Lord. Come on, say, <laughs> please say that again, First Lady. Please say that again. <laughs> Woo, so Jesus! You are listening to this broadcast, and you're in this position where you're like, "God, I know the things that I see." You're attending a, a place of worship a place that's labeled as a place of worship and you see things that are abusive and things that are just not right, trust God to show you what is next. In fact, yes. we're at a time now, and you said it, it's very prophetic, uh, we're at a time now where we have got to learn how to stand on our own two feet. Um, yes. The scripture does say forsake not the assembling. So you assemble yes. with other believers, those who are like precious faith, as the scripture says, yes. and at the same time you do not you do not forsake true holiness and true righteousness for the sake of assembling. And people yes. do that. They forsake yes. true righteousness and holiness for the sake of saying, I went to church, for the sake of saying, exactly. I've been around. Other. And, and and there's a balance. And trust God to give you the balance. So I just I, I had to say that because I know there are a lot of people nowadays, especially um, I did some stats, and um, I'll just say this really quickly. I did some stats and some research um in particular geographical areas that we know that we're called to um, plant. And the stats, I want to say, are unbelievable, but it's kind of understandable. Um, The amount of people who just don't go to church, they just don't. And and 
it's understandable because the things that are going on. They're like, it, they it really is. It's really sad. It's, it's so much abuse in the church going on. It's, it's really uh, sickening, and I know it grieves the Holy Spirit. And I know we try to use that scripture, you know, forsake not the assembling of the brethren, um, as as you see the day approaching. And we, we beat that scripture over people's heads so much to the yeah. point where we it's the spirit of manipulation and control. Yes, it's in the word of God, but it's really the spirit that is, saying it through that person what's the motivation and the thing about that when you go to the house of god it should never be a burdensome thing you should never be grieved to go to the to the house of god it should be a celebration throughout the week you should be looking forward to sunday yes i'm going in there i'm going to be free i'm going to give praise to my god and you should be in celebration of that with your brothers and sisters but it seems like today now instead it's almost like going to a nine-to-five job where you really don't want to mm-hmm, be there, but mm-hmm. you're going there because you have to. And and it shouldn't be that way. You're, you're dealing with the same stuff that you deal on the workforce. Um, some people, a lot of people are going because, um, you know, maybe it's a social club. Maybe they're trying to find their husband or maybe they're, they're trying to find their spouse or let's see who right. wore this today. Let's see who's flirting with who. Let's see who's going to be on the platform today. Let's see who's not going to be preaching today. Just crazy, stupid stuff. And and yeah. we're going for the wrong reasons. We should be going to glorify God, not to critique what people are wearing or who's hanging out with who or to promote our own business or soliciting none of that stuff we should be going to glorify god and to hear the goodness of god and to see how god has carried us through for the week and how he's going to carry us through the next week we should be celebrating with our brothers and sisters and not tearing each other down but it you know i can i can understand why a lot of people don't want to go to church it's Mm -hmm. not good but i can understand because there have been points in my life first lady that i said lord i love your people but your kids are a trip I, I said that. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest with you right now, First Lady, because... I, I have, too. I've said the same exact thing. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I love the Lord, but it's it's almost like, God, I know you're teaching me how to walk in your love, but, Lord, you you got to help me out. I ain't you. You know, and I, I know that's not correct grammar, but I, I know every day we're growing to become like Jesus. We're growing to become like Christ, but just like everyone else in the churches, I'm a work in progress too. And I think a lot of times when we come into the church, uh, we expect that place to be a place of perfection, and we have all these unrealistic expectations thinking, this is a place where I shouldn't get hurt, but this is where we get hurt the most by people. We can take on getting hurt. We can take offense from the world, but we have a very hard time uh, receiving offense from the church because this is the place where we do not expect to get hurt. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the church can be one of the most vicious places to be. And and that's sad to say, but there's a lot of truth. I can't even tell you, First Lady, how many horror stories that I've heard of people leaving the church because of church hurt, because of abuse yeah. in church, because a leader treated them a certain way or a leader overlooked them or a leader was intimidated of them because of the anointing that vested on their lives and yeah. they were pushed aside or, you know, just a lot of foolishness that goes on and you're standing and you're in your prayer closet and you're saying, Lord, do you not see this going on? Do you not see the injustice in the land? You're like Habakkuk or you're like Jonah saying, Lord, just get rid of all of them. Lord, how, how long mm-hmm. are you going to allow in, this injustice to go on? But but God, but we but the thing is, we have to 
get to the place of the body of Christ where we mature in the love of God. And I'm not saying allow the, the foolishness to go on, but somebody, we have to have a prophetic voice to speak up on this stuff and bring it to the forefront in order to correct it. Because if we keep sliding, if we keep, you know, sweeping this stuff under the rug, it's never going to be rectified. And then we wonder why people don't want to come to church. We wonder why people see Christianity as a joke. You know, a sinner could say, why, why should I come, why should I worship the same God you worship? You act just like us. You hate just like yeah. us. You gossip just like yeah. us. You dress just like us. You know, different than us. But what sets the Christian apart from the world? It's the love that we show. And unfortunately, as the body of Christ, we have not matured in that love. We have not matured in 1 Corinthians 13. That, and then also the command of Jesus, he said, by this woman, know that you're my disciples. Your love exactly. one for another. And then, you know what also, Courtney? Um, we're going to have to wrap this up. Time has just flown. But when you talk about the goodness of God and the word of God and things like that, um, yes, what, another major thing, too, is that love has not been properly defined and expressed um, or explained. And so a person um, in the church will expect uh, pacification or being passive as expressing love. But Jesus, was, when he walked the earth, and now, of course, as he walked the earth, he showed us what love is. And love was happening when he flipped the tables and told them that they turned and had the whip. I'm so, you know. I'm, I'm so glad you pulled. About. I'm glad you said the whip. <laughs> I was waiting for the whip to come out. I was like, where the whip? Come on, where the whip? Where the whip? We got whip some folk up in here. <laughs> <laughs> the righteous indignation is an yeah. aspect of love. Exactly. And, and, in fact, the scripture says that we're supposed to provoke one another to good works. So I was talking to Reverend Reeland about this the other day um, because we've had people very, and I'll choose our words, words wisely, so I do not um, say who it is, but we had to deal with people who are very, very close to our heart recently in the last couple of weeks and had to speak truth no matter how they responded. And these were people yeah. who were supposed to be, you know, in the Hebrews it said, um, you're on milk and you're supposed to be on meat. They were exactly. acting immaturely, and we had to be, as as we say, the bigger person. And it's like, exactly. you're supposed to be the one mentoring me, and we have to, you know, in your mind, know. like, okay, Lord, give me the strength to do this, because they're supposed to be the one to be showing us the way, and we have to show <laughs> So there exactly. are those moments where it's, it's uh, uh, moments of, they feel like moments of contradiction because you, the student becomes a teacher or, exactly. you know, the, wow. the person who is supposed to be receiving is the one that is giving in that moment. That is and so it, profound. Wow. And, it's, and it's, it's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of really, really trust, trusting God because it's difficult to tell um, a person of power that they're wrong. It, I'm so and glad you touched on come that. At a point of <laughs> and, and and humility does not mean that you deny the truth. Humility shows that you know who you are and whose you are exactly. and that you are able to do what you're doing only because of him, not in your own strength. Exactly. And so I had to tell the person that we're just going to have to agree to disagree, but this is wrong and this is not right. And immediately the countenance started changing, and it took everything in me not to, to not to cry, not to feel like, oh, my gosh, why am I having to do this? But you have to speak truth to to situations, even when it's awkward. And you exactly. and you know, as as women, we're we've been by society. Society has changed a little bit on it, and in fact, they went the flip on it. But 
um, growing up, we were taught to be, oh, you have to be prissy and prancy and you don't say anything and just be quiet. And, you know, like, yeah. like we're supposed to be Oh, I am not passive. for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Now, the prissy and part, you, yes, but the quiet, oh, no. <laughs> no, no. You can, no, you no. can be... You can be um, cute and, as we say, cutthroat. And cutthroat towards the enemy, demonic activity. Yeah. So you have you have say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Say that. I love that. That should be something put on Facebook. You could be cutthroat (laughs) to the enemy and anointed. Yes. So, Courtney, if people want to connect with you, like on on Facebook or uh, any type of social media. How can they connect with you um, to just, you know, fellowship as, as believers and as you, as God begins to um, direct you and you put a name to the ministry that you're called to and things of that nature, um, they'll be able to follow what God's doing in, in your life and receive um, encouragement and also give encouragement or whatever other support that God leads them to do. How can they connect to you? Um, well, they can um you know, find me on on Facebook, um, Courtney Mills. Uh, first name is spelled C O U R T N E Y. Last name Mills M I L L S. You can find me when you because I know there's uh, several Courtney Millses there because I'm not the only one and you know in this world that has Courtney Mills that name. But um, you should be able to find me under uh, Tampa, Florida networks or Washington D.C. networks. Um, and my name should be able to pop up. And I'm also connected to you and, um, you know, Reverend Breland on Facebook as well. Yes, so if, absolutely. So if, if all the viewers out there are connected to, um, you know, um, Reverend Selena and Reverend Breland, um, you know, on Facebook, you should be able to also find me as well. So please feel free to connect with me and, you know, we can fellowship together as well as, you know, be able to share insights and what the word of the Lord is saying through your voices as well as mine and just see where God goes with this. Absolutely. And you, I think Courtney, awesome. you have been refreshing and, and outstanding with this interview. I can just oh, hear Lord the hand claps God. from the audience clapping and saying, yes. Oh, thank um, you. I'm sure that many young women, uh, middle-aged, older women, all women, who hear this broadcast and the uh, multiple broadcasts that are airing during this month be encouraged by the women that we're bringing on this platform. So, Urban Glory Radio listeners, thank you for uh, staying on with us. Um, I think we're like down to the minute of closing out. So, have a wonderful evening. And remember that all of these broadcasts are archived on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Urban Glory Radio. Uh, we keep them on for uh, some time. Uh, some of the things will be coming down in the near future, so you want to take advantage of having access to the hours and hours upon hours of teaching and insight and preaching and interviews and music and poetry and all the various things of oh, yeah. content that we have. Definitely take advantage of it. Have a wonderful night. We love to hear Urban Glory Campaigns. You know you can contact us anytime at 202-630-4UGC, 202-630-4842. Good night. Urban Glory Radio. Simply glorious.